Hey guys. Welcome back. And this time with no farts. Okay. <laughs> okay. No farts this time. But we do have better audio. We do. I hope you can notice the difference in our voices. We got better microphones. Hopefully we sound better. Yes. I think we do. I think we do. Yeah. As the guy who edits this. You're the sound guy. I just show up what, and do things. Uh as I'm looking at like one and a half like pages of like notes. Yeah. That you did. Oh yeah. I did that. Look at all this stuff. It's just summaries and You did work. You did work. I did work. You did work. I do things. Yeah. We're doing a little bit well, we're doing a lot of it of a different format this time. Yeah. We're you basically know. just gonna run through the episode, um, like through story A, through story B, just major plot points. Yeah, and we thought it might be better to have a more through like a really more I don't know how do you describe it it's like without stops basically yeah it's gonna be more cohesive I think fluid yeah but yeah this is the the rewatch podcast yeah episode three we're watching uh uh Brooklyn Nine-Nine yeah and this episode is called The Slump episode three season one yeah and this episode is written by Prentice Penny and directed by Julie Ann Robinson so good job guys <laughs> Must yes. every time. Good job. Good job. Good job. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, I'm Aaron, by the way. And I'm Brooke. That's Brooke over there. Well, I guess we should say mention um all our socials are up now. Yeah, we have a, a Facebook page. That's just the Rewatch Podcast, as right. we spell it. Uh Instagram, like at T R W Pod. Is yes. that right? Yeah, yeah. T R W Pod. T R W Pod on Instagram. And then same our website, Twitter. Oh, we have a Twitter mm-hmm. that we don't haven't used yet, but we'll <laughs> eventually use yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I've said this before. I feel like you can't really use Twitter effectively unless you're already known. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's just harder. But on Twitter, we're at watch underscore podcast. Yeah, I mean you can follow us if you want, but we're more active on Instagram and on Facebook, our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. So always posting on there. Yeah, those two are probably going to be better for, like, random updates and pictures of us. Yep. And we also have our website, www.therewatchpod.com, of right. course. Yeah, it's like all our of home our, base. All of our episodes are posted there, and yep. you could, you know, sus- subscribe to the RSS there if you're mm-hmm. not already on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, but we're on Apple Podcasts, too, and honestly, that helps us a lot if you could... Uh, subscribe. Look, yeah, rate, sub- yeah, rate review. us. Like, literally, just give us a review. We don't care what you say. Just uh, give us something. Five stars, please. Eh, five stars would be nice. Please clap. Please clap. <laughs> Whatever you feel like is fair, We're, we would appreciate it. We'll jab bush you every episode till you do it. Please clap. <laughs> That's We're, iconic. We're trying to get on Spotify as well. We have, it, we have it submitted, but it's taking absolutely forever to get on there. Yeah, so we're going to have, like, a big, you know, social post when that happens so everyone can... You know, listen through there as well. I know it's easier through Spotify. Normally. Well, I know. Well, with Apple Podcasts, anyone with an iPhone can listen on there. Yeah. But like for Android users, like you can probably go to our website and there's a download link where you can download the audio. Yeah. But everybody just, you know, everybody uses Spotify. Right. It's easier. Yeah. yeah. I'm saying if you want to like put effort for some reason into listening to this before yeah. we're on Spotify, you yeah. can go to our website. Yeah. Effort's fun. But honestly, Apple Podcasts is where it's at right now. So yeah, go that's there. the easiest we would, location. We would appreciate it. 
and thank you. We'll notify you when we're on Spotify. All right. So the slump episode three. Yes. As always, starting with a cold open. Mm-hmm. Yep. Everybody is gathered around just talking about the best cop movies of all time. They're all debating on it. And honestly, I haven't seen like any cop movies <laughs> that I know of. Yeah. Um. I well, might have so seen. I can't weigh in. I might have seen a Die Hard movie at some point, but I don't remember which one. Oh, I know I haven't seen those. You you might have. I wouldn't Maybe. be surprised if your dad just had them on at some point. I know. He watched all kinds of stuff, so. Yeah. That's why I watched Westerns because of him. Right, yeah. But, yeah, there's, like, uh, references. What? Everybody kind of had, like, a different, like, thing. Like. Yeah. Uh, Jake likes Die Hard because, you know, he's like, badass. Whoa, Die yeah. Hard. He's a real diehard fan. It's a right. running gag. And what was the one that um, Rosa liked? Because mm, I don't remember. I think it was Bad Boys. Maybe because of the violence. Maybe I can look it up. <laughs> I'm gonna check real quick on the wiki page, perhaps. Maybe it's on there. Well, I know. Yeah, Bad the... Boys is on there. RoboCop, Lethal Weapon, Training Day, Fargo. Right. Breathless. And Breathless was like the foreign French film. Yeah, the that, one that Terry likes. Yeah, they, I feel like somebody, like the writers, must have like one of them must be like a foreign film enthusiast, enthusiast. and was just like, you know what, I'm gonna make Terry one as well. The closet French foreign film. Yeah, I think so. It's like uh, the kid in school that used to feel ashamed for listening to K-pop, but now for some reason it's popular. It's super popular. I tried getting into K-pop, and it just didn't. It just it just feels like American pop, but in Korean. Yeah, I mean, I had a like a hot minute where I really enjoyed it, but it, like that was maybe a summer, and not even. And I just I'm a weeb, so I prefer Japanese pop music. I don't know, I I just couldn't get into it. <laughs> also, the fans apparently are very annoying. Oh no, I shouldn't say that because they're gonna come after us. <laughs> don't get us flamed by. K-pop we don't fans. have any fans yet. We're just gonna have a lot of haters all of a sudden. Sorry. Great. We're now edgy. What have I done? All right. I'm well, sorry. After their discussion right. of which cop movie is the best in this whole open, mm-hmm. they do, Jake pulls up a video of Hitchcock. Yeah. He's, uh, from a, like a dash cam video. Yeah, it's a dash cam video. Trying to arrest prostitutes, I guess. Yeah, something like that. And she some, just hits him. Sex, wor- sex workers out on the street. Yeah, yeah. And Hitchcock gets like owned. He gets like nailed in the between the legs like twice, right? Yep. Yeah, that must hurt. And he was like, Jake was like, you know what? This is the best cop movie of all time. Yeah, Hitchcock getting nailed in the crotch and having real... his wallet stolen yeah. from him. Oh, and the wallet stolen. Yeah. Definitely past his prime. Sorry, Hitchcock. Oh, sorry, dude. We can start off with story A, which is basically the main story of this episode. And that's with, um. this is why the the name called the slump is because jake is experiencing um a bunch of unsolved cases that he just can't close and it feels like he's in a slump and everybody's kind of just pointing it out and he even feels like it could be contagious to other detectives um it's uh everybody well if anybody out there has ever you know like you can compare it to like video games or puzzles or anything. Yeah, like I mean, you just keep going back and forth to like different things that you're trying to finish, but you, you like you just can't for some reason. You just feel stuck. Yeah. Or like writer's block. Yeah, writer's like block. If, if you're you keep starting different stories, yeah, but you can't finish any. Yeah, it just feels very stuck. And, and he's got case 
case block case block yeah and it's even reflected in the scoreboard that amy and jake have right he's like down like several points yeah he's like 10 points behind amy yeah yeah and he just kind of like brushes it off um but obviously they all notice too and they just kind of tease him about it and that's going to bother him i mean he's a very competitive guy but he just acts like no no it's fine it's fine which is very uncharacteristic of jake considering how cocky he is yeah you think he'd make him freak out sooner but he eventually does start freaking out a bit later in the episode right but for now he's as uh the childish character he is he's ignoring the core problem here yeah ignoring the core problem trying to just like move straight on find new cases Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and um you know he's getting pretty bothered so he even gathers Boyle, Terry, and Rosa to try and talk about the slump and like advice about it what they would do and um they get, Ro- Rosa's suggestion is just to like go have a one night stand in a foreign country somewhere yeah they all give some very characteristic advice of them and none of it is helpful at all <laughs> yes and that's when Holt walks in and he just kind of dismisses it but this is just kind of like the first sign of like, all right, this is really getting to Jake. Right. He needs to try and figure out some way of getting out of this. Right. And then dipping in a little bit into the second story that's going on in this episode. All right. I guess we should probably go back and forth, huh? Right. Yes. That's how the episode's format. It is. Yeah. We should do that. But uh, a- Amy is interested in running the junior policeman program. Yeah. For quote unquote at- at-risk youths. Yeah. Yep. And uh, that's definitely something that is very characteristic of her because she mm-hmm. loves responsibility and being responsible. Yeah. Yeah. And um, she is given this task through Holt because he, um, you know, the DA was like, oh, you know, they're praising you on your last case work about this. What was it, like a drug bust or something. Right. Um, and so she's now in charge of this uh, program this little seminar is being held and she's going to speak at it. Right. She's, but she's extremely flustered and honored by his, yeah. <laughs> she starts stuttering. The favorite quote from that whole stuttering. So I will make better mouth. I will make better mouth. That's how I feel when we like record a podcast is <laughs> I have to make good mouth. Oh, uh, good mouth. Good mouth. I have to Brr. good mouth. That was, that was Hitchcock was asking the sex workers earlier. Do you make good mouth? Aaron, <laughs> stop it. This is where um, she ends up asking uh, Rosa for help. I believe Gina steps in and is like, do you want some help? I, you know, I can help with this. And they're like, no, You're this is really cop. only for cops. Yeah. Right. And I mean, like anyone at a job when you're like told, no, this is for this title, then you're going to be like, that kind of sucks. And that's or not going to feel good. Really, in this case, I feel like. It's more demeaning in this case, probably. Right, it's more like in a friend context. Yeah. Because, like, even though this is, like, a work situation, mm-hmm. this is, it's very reflective of their actual friendship. It is, yeah. So it's like, you know, like, you're, like, three friends hanging out. The yeah. third friend comes in and wants to do something. They're like, oh, that's not really your thing. Well, it's like, you know, you're not included. You're just like, no, because you're not this. Right. We're not right. going to let you join what we're doing. That's not a good feeling. So you can see, see that she feels a bit bitter about that. 
Uh, yeah. I'm not going to ruin her better, day, though. But, like, Gina takes it in more of the, uh, like, fine, I'm better. I'm better than yeah. you guys anyways. She just has, has, like, a snide comment about it later, and that's about as far as it goes. Right. She's like, you'll see later that yeah, you I'll will pr- actually need my I'll help. I'll prove you wrong. And that's what Gina always does is when uh-huh. someone is like, no, you're not capable of doing this, she always ends up proving them wrong. Yeah. So, so gets, switching yeah. back to Hitchcock. Right. Yes. In the like in the in the episode, Jake tries to he wants to get rid of his unsolved cases, yeah, not by solving them, but just kind of by like shoving them off on someone else. Yeah, and so he chooses someone that he thinks could uh, you know, would be okay with having a case that's not solved, and something that this person can then just you know stick on for a bit and not have to do any work, or it's just it's less stuff to do right you just so, end up closing it kind of easily like oh guess i couldn't figure that yeah, out yeah and of course who does he go to he goes to hitchcock and he wants to swap cases with him and so he gives him like one of his like probably dead end or like whatever cases that he just can't quite figure out right and it seems kind of like oh like i'm free of some of my unsolved cases now i can go out get some new ones and actually yeah. like it's like fresh now that he has something different that he can try and figure out and think about right yeah he thinks that that will you know when you have something that's new that you're not you know really thinking about he thinks that he can just that will refresh his brain basically right right kind of just like you know pushing an unfinished project to the side picking up another one being like i'll just start something else yeah and honestly that's that's what i do with my writing yeah yeah (laughs) i've done that plenty where if i ever try and write any kind of long piece of something it just i write about maybe a quarter of it and i'm like you know what i'll work on something else for now something that's shorter that i can actually get done because you want to focus you're focusing on trying to get done you want right. to have your complete piece you want to have a completed thing yeah which so i do that some, with i do that with songwriting too yeah yeah and the sure. longer this thing is you know if you lose interest in it you just kind of push it aside you're like oh no i'm like kind of stuck right now can't quite think right yeah. So, someone that's the exact opposite of that in this episode is Terry. Yeah. Terry who's trying to build a dollhouse for his daughters. Yeah. Which he he is not doing so hot with that. But instead of like, you know, pushing it to the side and trying to do something else, he's like ridiculously he, determined. He this goes whole at it very aggressively. I mean right. like he has his whole shirt off and everything. He's just like I determined to get it. Screaming at the dollhouse. Yeah, yeah. And, like, uh, this is an interaction between, like, Charles and Terry, where, like, Charles is trying to be, like, sympathetic and trying to encourage Terry. Yeah. Like, oh, you, it can't be that hard, build a dollhouse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, Terry's, like, freaking out because he can't, like, put, like, tiny pieces together. Yeah, and, I mean, I'm sure that's a struggle that all parents uh, relate to, especially dads, because dads end up getting stuck with, like, put this together, dad, and... They're right, like, yeah. uh, okay, you know, I'm the fix-it dude. I'll put it together. Mm-hmm. And then it's like a ridiculous Ikea Swedish yeah. instructions. Comes with all kinds of parts. Instructions with no words, only <laughs> pictures. Yeah. Ridiculous. In the when, the junior policeman program, right. when like Amy actually goes to speak to the kids for the first time, I'm guessing this is kind of a... Because they cut back and forth between them being in the room with the kids yeah and then like talking about how it's going outside yeah which i guess 
in between there, the kids were just kind of sitting in there. Yeah, they're just sitting and waiting. Which imagine how weird it would be mm-hmm. to be at a presentation and the presenters just like kind of dip out and come back, or dip out and come back. It just, I think it just keeps crashing. Like they just, you know, they just keep doing a terrible job and right. so they'll just like all right regroup let's get out of here and try to think about this a little more but um after amy's whole uh failed attempt then <laughs> dude she's trying to be like yo i'm a i'm a guy i'm dr- i'm selling drugs right and right. The, du- the dude in the front row yeah that's he's like pete davidson by the way which is why is he there but all right i will i I guess he had to be somewhat of uh, somebody in the f- famous people world. No, but I think it's I think it's more of like an inside joke. They're just like you know, like because Pete Davidson's comedian, and I don't know much about his comedy, but I'm sure you know someone knew him. Yeah, like he had a connection with someone. Then you know what? Right, let's, okay. just, let's just plop him in there because he does not look like a kid at all in the scene. To me, he doesn't. At least he looks like very much like a at least a twenty some year old, but. I don't know. He looks d- the, he looks the same as I feel like most kids in my high school did. He must have went. To, I don't know. I don't know your high school. I mean, there was definitely some like. But I know, like, you know, I know his age, so I'm just like, right. he doesn't look like a. Right, you know him outside. Yeah, I don't know. But he's up front commenting like, hey, like he thought Amy's voice for like the drug dealer sound like you're like, well, why is, why does the drug dealer sound like a black guy? And it's like, right. well, it doesn't have to. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to be a black guy. Black people don't don't sell drugs, and it's like, what you saying? Black people can't sell drugs? Yeah, <laughs> it just kind of. Oh my gosh, it it devolves very quickly. It's like she's trying to save herself. Yeah, but then they just like flip it on her because they're kids being like trolls. Yeah, they're trying to like they don't actually have a point to make. They're just trying to mess you up. Yeah, that and that's what a lot of kids do. They're just trolling. Right, and at that moment, Holt decides to walk in. At the worst possible time. Captain Holt, Mr. African-American, first African-American, like, captain here. Mm Mm-hmm. I think, was he the first African-American captain, or just the first African-American gay captain? I believe that, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Either way, he's um, a minority in all And it's, like, achieved so much. Yes. And then he runs into a room Mm -hmm. where there's a bunch of teenagers yelling, Black people can sell drugs. Black people can sell drugs. <laughs> Which, like, how did you, like, Amy turn that into literally the worst? It was just in a couple of minutes that it just, it spirals. It it divulged into, mm-hmm. like, devil's advocate YouTube comments really quick. Yeah, it did. So, Holt walks in, hears that, walks right out. He's just checking up on Amy. Mm-hmm. It's not working very well in her uh, in her case. Right. And then after that, like, she tries to get Rosa to get in on it. Yeah. Um, so Rosa steps in and she uh, she takes a very stern and force, forceful approach to... Bad cop. Yeah. She's taking the bad cop approach. Um, but this, of course, gets turned on her too. And they create this, like, little remix of her voice. And that's when she makes right. this comment of, like, not recognizing the feeling of being laughed at. What? Right, because she's not, she's not a funny, she's an intimidating person. Yeah, and so they're poking fun at her, trolling her, and she's like, I don't know what this feeling is. Like, why, why are they laughing at me? I don't get right. it. Right, they're using, like, one of those apps that, like, remix talking into rapping. Yeah. Like, for uh, white people that don't know how to do it, they're like, yeah, I can relate to my children. 
All right, so both the good cop approach and the bad cop approach have both failed miserably. Right. In like a matter of minutes. And so they're just kind of at a loss of how to actually run this whole talk with these kids. Right. That's when uh, Gina's smug face reappears. Yeah, but we should probably hop back over to story A. Yeah. Talk about that a little more. So, like, after Jake has been, like, kind of shoving his cases on Hitchcock. Yeah. It's just getting worse. Yeah. Hitchcock just keeps solving things left and right. Yeah, he ends up solving one of the cases, and that's when I think the one guy turns himself in, and he tells Right, Jake, and he's gets like, all wow. of his people, like, yeah. turns in everyone else, too. Yeah, he's like, Jake, was, Jake is like, great for you, you know, good for you. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, so... And he's then, like, he goes to the bathroom, mm-hmm. which uh, Gina just walks into the men's bathroom. Yeah. She's like, are you busy? And he's like, yes. <laughs> Kinda. Kinda. You know. Busy. Just standing here at the urinal. Mm-hmm. Sticks out. <laughs> yep. Sticks out. But Gina doesn't care. No, she doesn't care. Right. And mm-hmm. she's like, uh, just trying to tell you that another one of your cases is, like, falling flat. Yeah. And, um... Said something about his like last two busts. I don't remember what exactly. His cases are retroactively failing. So like it's even worse than like going out there and failing in the moment. It's like something you thought you did is no longer relevant. Exactly. And exactly. He's like, I this can't get any worse. And in that moment, mm-hmm. the urinal sprays him with water. That and, and right before that, she says, "I think you're just cursed." And he's like, "No, I'm not cursed." <laughs> and he right. goes to flush and the. Water it malfunctions and sprays him with urinal water. Right. Ew. That, <laughs> well, it's clean. I know, but ew. Yeah, I guess so. Ew. But you're the kind of person that's like, oh, I'll eat this off the ground. I don't care. Well, I'm... Ew. I, I, I understand. I don't want to be covered in urinal water. <laughs> Are you sure? No. You know what that? I don't like being wet. Oh. <laughs> All right. I'm a, I'm a sensible person. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Jake's like, can you hand me a paper towels? Gina's like, oh. None left. Paper towels are out. He's like, of course. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly his luck. Yeah. Which like, and then speaking of luck, like Captain Holt tries to come in. Not into the bathroom. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah out, not in the out, bathroom. Not he, in the bathroom. Yeah. So Jake takes this whole curse thing to Holt and he's like, listen, I think there's something wrong with me. I'm just having a really bad streak here. And Holt humors him. He tells him a story of this cop that he had or was working with i don't remember had. um uh, he, i don't know in his cabinet no not had but like he this cop that had also um a lot of bad luck a lot of bad luck this he thought he was cursed as well and says that cops are very superstitious and other co-workers also believed it so um and then had this um bad ending for this cop something right but he gives him a, a rabbit's foot for good luck right. Well, before that, um, Holt says that he wants to put him in, um, like, casework. Like, uh, not casework. Um, the, like, data stuff. Like, oh, data. Right. Remember that? Right, like he did before the first time? Yeah, like, um, he puts him in, like... Um, Desk duty. It's uh, He has him do some data work. He, like, kind of just isolates him in that area. So, that's what he does. Yeah, clear his mind. Yeah, but then he also gives um, Jake this, like, rabbit's foot to rub for good luck. <laughs> yeah. 
And he knows how, Holt knows how Jake is thinking right now. He's very much in his own head and he's trying to give him some external thing that will give him just a little bit, like a small bit of hope right. to help his brain just start to re regroup. Yeah. Holt is running out of ideas on try, how to try and help Jake. Yeah, but he's he almost like he knows what to do the as well. like mine. Yeah, he, he humors thing. him and he gives him this foot. I mean, it's not good. Obviously, it's not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. At least, you know, that's not how it works. But Jake believes it. So then he starts to kind of believe in what he can, you know, his own. Kind of take this cursed mindset and like flip it on its head. Like the yeah. same level of ridiculousness, but a more positive outcome. Yeah. So he gives him this, um, this rabbit's foot, and that's and yeah, um, and that's what helps Jake then come to the conclusion about this one case that he's working on. Right, it's about kind of a the, detail. It's kind of the moment that kind of happens at the end of every episode, mm-hmm. where like usually Jake, but sometimes somebody else has like a a revelation. Like yeah, light bulb pops up in yeah. their head, and they're like, "He had the light bulb moment." Oh that right all right so the last little piece of like the kind of side story story b going on this episode with the like a junior policeman program uh amy and rosa like finally let uh gina kind of intervene yeah and she does a interpretive dance to try and show the kids yeah she puts on the song beautiful and like does this odd dancing and it's basically a message for kids to find their passion because right. she's like you're all passionless this is this is not good right and then she does some teens. yes she does some odd dancing and right. of course that doesn't work yeah the kids don't respond to that so immediately afterwards she's like hey uh you make like 50 grand a year mm-hmm. and you get health insurance and get to put bad guys in jail yeah she says you get to carry a gun as well and you don't need to stop at red lights mm-hmm. and they're all like whoa all right we're sold so like about eight kids raise their hand. Right. Gets eight kids to sign up just for being like that's it. Salary. Yeah. No red lights, carry a gun. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's that's that. She pretty much saves it. Um Yeah, and Amy's like, Whoa, like how did you get eight kids to sign up when like actual police officers couldn't get it to sign up? Yeah. And Gina was like, Well, at those points is what got me to sign up for it. Yeah. And you know, she Let's them know that she was once in this program and then it doesn't work. <laughs> right. And they were both, Rosa and Amy kind of had the look on their face. were like, yep, those seem like it doesn't work. Yeah. Yep. But with that also, uh, you know, success leads to uh, Holt wanting her as his assistant. Right. Personal assistant. Mm-hmm. More responsibility. Yeah. More responsibility. Oops. By accident. But I just hate that when you accidentally do good and then their people are like, wow, great job. Here's more work. And then after Jake's uh, revelation, he realizes that, well, one of his cases, like um, missing grandma. Yeah, the missing grandma with these, this like a uh, husband and wife, right? Right. He confronts them in the bathroom, which mm-hmm. odd location. Yeah, because he's not allowed to leave his desk to like work on these cases, right? So he's doing secretive things in the bathroom. Right, yeah. And then he also has Charles help him out. Mm-hmm. And of course, Charles <laughs> Charles got really happy with that. And he <laughs> wanted to create some cl- like a clubhouse with Jake. He's like, is it clubhouse time? No. No, no clubhouse. No clubhouse. He's got some furniture in here. Yeah. 
Yeah. But Jake realizes that the people that have the missing grandma were actually trying to do an insurance scam. The whole like wrap up of this episode is just kind of like the the slump was just in his head. Yeah, the whole the, time. You know, just like that's part of Jake's like revelation. Like the slump was just in his head. The grandma made up. The slump made up. Yeah. He could get over it at any time. Yeah. And that's just this is like a case of like making your own luck too. Because right. he immediately thought, like, this is some sort of bad force that's just over me. It's veiled over me. So now I can't do anything about it. And really, that's not the case. What what it really was is he just had, like, you know, a time where he wasn't doing as well. And that's so normal. It's normal in every work environment. Right. And that's something he couldn't accept. He didn't get it. With I work, mean, hobbies. Yeah. Anything. We just, we can't be on all the time and doing, like, 100% right. the best ever. We have... We have our ups and downs. You need downtime. Yeah. This is about taking taking agency over your own life. Yeah. Kind of like not thinking that there's like curses in this episode, mm-hmm. you know, outside forces. Yeah. Like that you need to reach out to or outside forces that are hurting you. Yeah. Like you take agency over your situation. Yeah. And I also think this was Holt's way of showing Jake that when you have these times that you feel so stressed out about you know, the lack of productivity and um, just, I don't know. Lack of cases. Yeah. That you just need to take a break sometimes. And he gave, he ended up forcing him into a break by giving him that data work, which then Jake realizes later is what causes his brain to like reboot. Right. Which actually like exactly like the first episode when he got mm -hmm. put in the filing room. Yeah. He actually found some, some like research that he, could use to find a suspect yeah and i'm you know holt realizes that jake just needed some kind of a break and that's what he gave him right exactly and it's almost like like i you think that holt realizes it's kind of the same thing as before like he notices patterns in jake's behavior yeah and like is learning more how to help him along like, whereas, like, the first episode, it was kind of just, like, yelling, do your job. Yeah, he didn't quite understand completely how to work with Jake, and, because Jake is Jake. Right. He's different, and, but. Very di- and especially very different from Holt. But Holt knows that he's also talented, and right. so he, yeah. you know, he wanted him to stop kind of beating himself up, and was like, all right, take a step back, and your brain will eventually work through this. Right, and because of this, like, new kind of way that Holt discovered to, like, work with him, yeah. like, uh, Jake kind of sees this as them becoming bros. Yeah. They're bros now. They're bros. They're bros. Speaking of bros, Charles and Terry. Charles and Terry. Charles and Terry, well, Terry comes back into the main office, mm-hmm. and it looks like Charles has actually built... Built the toy house that that the dollhouse that Terry was trying to build. Yeah. And uh, Terry Terry was like frustrated. He gave up, smashed apart the dollhouse. Yeah, he started he started like hulking it because he <laughs> Cause was he, like, "What are these wheels for? Why does a castle need wheels?" Right. He's just like totally given up. Yeah. But Charles put it together for him, <laughs> and the pieces that were too broken to put back together, he made it a police station dollhouse. Which is kind of like cool. Theme, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Charles coming in clutch. Doing a good job. Right. Realizing that like 
Harry doesn't have to be good at everything. Yeah. And sometimes need little dainty hands. Yeah. Sometimes you just need different hands to take on a project. Right. Like, you don't have to do everything yourself. You don't have to be good at everything yourself. Yeah. Which okay is to have help. Another form of, like, the same kind of lesson that Jake got. Mm-hmm. And the same kind of lesson that Amy and Rosa got. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need a different perspective in order to get through to what you're looking for. Ooh, that's what it is. This episode <laughs> is about different perspectives. Different perspectives. Whether it's working with someone new, like mm-hmm. Charles and Terry, or Rosa, Amy, and Gina. Yeah. Or whether it's taking a break and letting your mind reset like Jake needed to. Yeah. That's great. That's what this episode is. Right. I love it. I feel like I just uh, did like a Grables, like an Adventure Time. <laughs> did you notice the theme of these Grables? No, it's, it actually, it's great because, <laughs> I mean, oftentimes you don't even realize the way that these stories interconnect. are, yeah, they're connected. They basically have one central or overarching theme. Right. And that's and even, what this is. And even though they like made it obvious what Jake's lesson was. Yeah, it's, it's subtle in the other ones too. Right, it's still. But it's still the same thing. Right, it's not three, like, random stories. Yeah. Like, they all relate. Yeah. That's good writing. Right, which is, not only is this show hilarious, like, it, it it's, like, golden writing material. It's beautifully written, and, like, I think the structure is perfect. It's one of my favorite shows ever. I mean, we made a podcast about it, so. Yeah, I guess that speaks for itself, doesn't <laughs> it? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, this episode, this is a... This is a lot shorter than the last one. It is. Um, should we have a discussion time about at-risk youth programs? Oh, right. Here's Did Aaron's... you want to do that? Aaron's Hot Takes. Should we do a segment called Aaron's Hot Take? Aaron's Hot Takes or my little boy's ranting corner. Little boy's ranting. Okay, Aaron. We have Aaron in this corner. He's going to rant. He's going to go for it. So in this episode, what we have with story B was the at-risk youth programs. Right. And at the end there, Gina makes a comment about how they don't work, mm-hmm. which I, it's completely true. It is. The whole, uh, like, dare war on drugs, mm-hmm. like, all the, all the commercials you see about, like, smoking cigarettes isn't cool. Yeah. Which, all of the things that those things are trying to promote is totally true. Mm-hmm. Like, you should not be smoking as a teenager. Basically, the intentions are good. That's right. what you're saying. Like, the message is good. Like, don't use, like, these substances before you're, like, an adult, before yeah. your mind is completely formed. Yeah. Don't, like, you know, go out there and commit crimes that mm-hmm. might, like, prohibit you from, like, a brighter future. Yeah. Like, like these at-risk, like, the police program in particular for this episode is trying to get teenagers to move away from, like, things like petty theft Mm-hmm. Or like drug dealing that might seem like an easy way to make money. Yes. And realize that the easy way out is really in the end going to give you a way more unsatisfying lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to be in and out of jail. You're going to be in like cheap crappy apartments for the rest of your life. Yes. Maybe you'll end up finding someone that you love and have kids or whatever. But then you're going to give your kids way less opportunities because of how much you decided to try and take the easy way out. Right. But the way these programs try to address that is through either fear tactics or like not actually communicating in a way that kids understand. Right. Like these, I mean, this program is not very, um, 
it's just not their language you know it's not what they understand right and and the way that like in like the 90s and like sitcoms they like tried to like show how uncool like like people would just be trying to like hand you marijuana on the streets because right. like hey man everyone's weed doing it yeah. As if anyone would give away weed or any of their <laughs> drugs. Right. Like, give it, it away. It costs money to get that stuff. No one's going to give it no. away. No. <laughs> no, just give it away to children. Right. Exactly. It's, they don't understand how to actually, and, and plus, like, when someone's, like, breaking rules, like, they feel cool about that because they're standing up to somebody that, like, limits them all the time. Right. I know that. When you're like younger and you're like parents are telling you not to do something, you're like, it's not that you want to be rebellious, but you want to be your own person. And you feel like adults aren't letting you make your own decisions and you feel so right about that. Yeah. And instead of like adults trying to force, force the mindset on them, like, hey, I'm an adult. Listen to me. I'm right. Yeah. Here's, here's like the moral code and here's how you're going to follow it kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas those kids... Like, when you're, I know, like, I'm only 21. Mm. Like, I was, like, in the period of time where I wasn't listening to anybody and just trying to do my own thing, like, just a little bit ago. Like, you don't realize how time makes you wiser and you should listen Mm -hmm. and combine your own experiences with the wisdom of older peoples. Yeah. It's really hard to get through to children because it's true. Like, when you're a kid, you you just think you're right about everything. You think that you know everything and that... You know, that, you that adults lived, just don't understand you, right? You haven't lived long enough to make the mistakes but, to realize you don't. Yeah, but yeah, you, like, it's so, it's it's, it's hard to articulate this, but I just wish there was a way to, like, just tell all children, like, listen, for your own safety, it is so best for you as a person, as, like, a living thing that you listen to your parents because you can make a mistake that could even, like, alter your life. Right, and... The way that people have been trying to do that up until like more recently to communicate to children was literally just like handing them straight facts. Yeah. Which when you're a kid that doesn't have really great deductive reasoning, Mm -hmm. straight facts are just going to be like, well, that's just your opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm not trying to say that I have the answer as to how to communicate to today's No, and we we don't know. And it just sucks that there is not really a way that we know right. right now. I feel like it's more can't use fear tactics and say like if you drink when you're young you're going to ruin the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Cuz a lot of people, you know, end up like getting wasted at 16 and then never take a drink again. Like that's yeah. like a lesson that they learned. Mm-hmm. Or they like get wasted at 16 and then you learn this should be done in moderation. Yeah. So like it's kind of like stuff you got to learn on your own. Yeah. So like I guess it's best to not demonize mm-hmm. things that adults do that you don't want kids to do. It's to That's more be like the hardest to explain. Say like, hey, uh, this is something that I enjoy doing, mm-hmm. but it, I don't think you're ready for that yet. Yeah. But I'm not gonna tell you how to live your life. Mm-hmm. This is just like a suggestion. Like I think it would probably be best if you didn't, if yeah. you waited. And I think now we're getting into like, um parenting styles and things like that and right. uh, dude it's just it varies kid by kid right what you do like and i have had like anyone that has like a kid now I, i've always talked to them and they tell me 
about their parenting styles and like how they felt like they've done wrong and things like that. And it just varies. It really varies. Anyway, yeah. that's all. Yeah, topic. you gotta, not every, like, there's like loads of magazines and stuff. Well, like, there's like how to books and things like that. Right, but and every kid has a different personality. Every kid is so different and there's all kinds of different factors. So you can't expect to follow a formula of like, uh, you know, educating your child. Right, yelling at kids in in schools about like if you do drugs, we're gonna expel you and ruin your whole life. Right, which that's another thing about the system. Like, it, yeah. as soon as you make one mistake as a child, like it gets put on a record and you get like ruined. Yeah, like you get put on parole as a sixteen-year-old. Yeah, that that's ridiculous. Uh, like, yeah. there's definitely needs to be like some sort of punishment because obviously, like. Mm-hmm. The law is like you can't drink before you're 21. Yeah. And probably within the next couple of years, like when I, I see weed being legal soon. Mm-hmm. So like they'll probably be like no weed before you're 21 or yeah. 18. And like yeah. there obviously has to be a punishment for breaking that law. But I don't mm-hmm. think it needs to be like permanent record. It's going to be harder for you to get into colleges that's, and jobs. That's the thing is like it then it's going to prevent your forward movement. Right. Too, for these children. So the ones that are already like at risk and have done this thing now, it's permanent so that they have no like way of, you know, an adulthood correct. Like they're limited in correcting it. Right. It's kind of like taking the, uh, the like Catholic school, like do right or you burn in hell and turning it into right. the bureaucratic form of if you break my rules, I'm going to systematically ruin your life. Right. Right. So there's, there's, my messy hot take. That was yeah. We have we have messy hot takes around here. <laughs> that was an attempt. An attempt. Yeah. All right. Well, for everybody that hasn't tuned out in the middle of that conversation, sorry. Again, uh, follow us at TRW Pod on Instagram, the mm-hmm. Rewatch Podcast on, on Facebook. On, uh, Facebook. Yep. Right. I don't know if uh at some point we'll get a YouTube channel probably maybe I think in the future we'll probably do things like that but yeah you can see all of our like when we're gonna like post episodes and stuff like Mm -hmm. we make posts immediately after an episode's posted on like Facebook and Instagram for the most part yep or like subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or our RSS feed on our website Mm -hmm. rewatchpod.com yep like I said leaving a review on the Apple Podcast could really really help us a lot right yeah please do that so we can introduce our podcast to new people and improve. It just, you know, it helps with the algorithm, apparently. So. Right. So you've heard from other podcasts we like, listen to. You probably heard, yeah. Right. All right. Well, I guess we're signing off. Signing off. Bye-bye. Uh, uh, okay, stop making weird noises. Bye. Bye.